Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from multiple locations in the San Gabriel Valley of sunny Southern California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead people to Jesus, a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you and opens your heart and inspires you to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. Hey, Real Life Church, it's Pastor Jim. It's good to be with you today. We are in a series in this season of our lives looking at work and what work is and why we love it and hate it and what the Bible has to say about it. And today I want to look at one of the best parts of work, which is rest. And I want to look at the kind of rest that God calls us to and provides for us so as to energize us for the work that he has laid out for us. Take a minute and pray with me. Jesus, I do thank you that you have made us for work and rest and that you bless those activities when we do them in your name. I ask that you would give us calling and purpose in what we do in our daily activities. And for those who are in deep need of rest, those who are exhausted, those who are burnt out, teach us to rest in you. May your peace settle in our hearts. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. In the first century AD, before the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD, there was a Jewish philosopher named Philo who was trying to defend the Jewish people and their customs to the Romans who ruled over them. And one of the primary complaints that the Romans held against the Jewish people was that they were lazy because they took a day off every week. It was called their Sabbath day. If you were a Roman in the working class, you worked seven days a week. If you were not in the working class, you expected your employees and servants to work seven days a week. So the Jewish people who were ruled over by the Romans were seen as somehow uh, lazy, taking this break off one day a week in which they went and worshipped. And so Philo sought to defend the Jewish people to the Romans. And he said, look, you Romans, if you will let us take our Sabbath day once a week, We will work so much harder the other six days that we will be even more productive than if we worked a full seven days a week. And that is a brilliant Roman argument. A Roman would say, more productivity? Great, that's exactly what we want. It's a a good Roman argument, but it is not a good Jewish argument. And it is not a good defense of the Sabbath. Because the purpose of the Sabbath, the day of rest and worship that God calls us to, is not to make our work more productive. That's a very uh, a very American way of viewing uh, Sabbath or weekend uh, and work. In, in the American culture today, you and I identify ourselves by what we do. Uh, you're a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker. And what you do on the weekend is just to give you a rest so you can get back to work on Monday. Your identity is wrapped up in what you do and what you produce. That's why it's not unusual for me to say when I meet somebody new, hey, what do you do? It's a a little more curious if I say, hey, what did you do last weekend? Because then I sound like a detective investigating a crime, right? We want to know, what do you do? What's your identity? It's shaped by your work and your productivity. Uh, That's very good Roman thinking. It's not good Jewish thinking. And it's not what the Sabbath day was for. God created a day of rest. And he means for us to celebrate and enjoy that day of rest. But it's wildly different than what you and I think of when we talk about a weekend. 
And so I want to look at the biblical guidelines for Sabbath, for resting from our work and what it says about our work. And specifically, I want to look at three teachings of the Scripture, three principles in the Scripture surrounding Sabbath. One, you and I are designed for Sabbath. Two, you and I are commanded to take a Sabbath. And three, you and I are promised a Sabbath. Let's look at those three things in turn. First of all, you and I were designed for Sabbath. Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3 says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, an omnipotent being does not need to rest. He is laying out for us a role model to fulfill our design. You and I are designed for Sabbath. We're made for Sabbath. And in this, it's part of the, the essentialism of identity that is wrapped into our biology. And this is a really important biblical principle because this one is up for grabs in our world today. There is a, a call, a movement to reject anything essential to human nature, especially that which arises from biology. The modern movement towards transgenderism is an attempt to say, I am not defined by my biology. What I am essentially is my preferences and my feelings and my opinions. The problem with that, one of the problems with that, is that our our preferences and feelings are not separated from our bio biology. They're interwoven with the neurons in our brains. The fact that I like chocolate and you like vanilla is not just a choice we make in a vacuum. There are, there are parts of our hardwiring that incline us in certain directions. There, there are things in my brain prior to my thinking about it that inclined me to like chocolate and for you to like things that aren't as good as chocolate. Right? There, there's part of our biology which designs and influences and informs our preferences. So it's nearly impossible to say, I am my preferences or my feelings, independent of my biology, because the two come from the same place. So if I can pull us back from the controversies that I just launched to the point that I'm trying to make, Sabbath is wired into our biology. We are made for it. We cannot separate ourselves from it by working seven days a week. Weekend, in the modern American sense, where we go out and we do harder labor than we were during the week, except we do it uh, in the name of fun. I've been on a jet ski. It's not restful, right? Um, the, the idea of weekend is, is, is like this. Weekend is coffee or an energy drink. Sabbath is a good night's sleep and a peaceful mind. Which one do you think you were actually made for? Right? We can force, us, force ourselves into the other one, but it's not our design. God made us from the beginning and modeled this to us. We are to work in cycles of, we are to live in cycles of work and of rest, and of work and of rest. And you can't work for months on end and then take a long vacation. You are made for a weekly cycle of work and rest. And that's what the Sabbath day is. We are designed to seek rest. Secondly, we are commanded to rest. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments is, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, 
But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male, nor female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. I want us to focus in on this one because it is possible for some very religious people to go through the Bible cherry-picking which of God's commandments they're going to follow and which ones they're going to ignore. And Sabbath is very easy to ignore. We live in a culture that ignores the Sabbath, and it's easy to get by filling the Sabbath with non-restful activities that just wear us out in other ways. Imagine uh, you have a a battery-powered saw, and you use the tool for a while, and then when you're done with that, you take the battery out of the saw, but instead of putting it in the recharging unit, you take it and you plug it into another tool, and then you go and use that tool. Well, the battery is not getting any rest at all. The battery is never recharging. And that's how most of us do weekends. We fill our weekends with strenuous activities or yard work or work that didn't get done during the week, and we just keep running the battery down. God commands, take a Sabbath. Take a day that is not strenuous uh, physical exertion for fun. Take a day that is worship and prayer and rest and peace. Take a day in which you reconnect with the creator of the universe because that is how you're made. you're, You're made that way and we are commanded to do so. We live in a culture now where that is no longer the norm. If you go back 100 years, it would have been commonplace in America for businesses to be closed on Sunday because the culture on the whole acknowledged the Sabbath day. It was unusual for businesses to be open on Sunday. Today, it's pretty much just Chick-fil-A, right? Chick-fil-A is about the only business that is not open on Sunday, specifically to honor the Sabbath, that is uh, open the other days of the week. And uh, while I appreciate the fact that they are a Christian-owned business, sometimes I wish they would backslide on Sunday afternoon at about 1 o'clock when I want a chicken sandwich. They should just sin for a little bit. They can repent on Monday. I just want a little sin at Sunday at 1 o'clock when I want a chicken sandwich. But they, they are still maintaining that tradition of honoring the Sabbath day, and they've been a wildly successful business while doing that. They have committed their business to honoring God in that way, and God has blessed their business. But you and I, by and large, live in a culture that does not do that. It's very easy to ignore the Sabbath day, to say that shame, shame on all those people who don't follow God's laws, but in the meanwhile, uh, in the meantime, I'm going to ignore uh, the rules about Sabbath, which fall in the Ten Commandments, the Big Ten. Abraham Heschel, Jewish rabbi, in his classic book, The Sabbath, said the Sabbath is a day on which we return to Eden And remember creation the way it is supposed to be. When we existed in an uninterrupted relationship with the Father, where we lived at peace, where the world was not full of stress and toil, instead, we remembered how we were made. So God commands the Sabbath so that one day a week, we will mark it off to spend time with Him. And know this, uh, the Sabbath is not just for you. It's for everybody who works for you. 
It's for everybody in your family. It's for foreigners who live in the same town as you. It's for the animals. The, the Sabbath is consequently one of the strongest statements on justice that exists in the Bible. The Sabbath tells us you are more than what you produce. You are not just your job, the butcher, the baker, or the candlestick maker. You have an identity that is separate from your productivity. You are a child of God. You are chosen by God. You are loved by God. You are cherished by God. The Sabbath is the way life is supposed to be. And the other six days of the week exist to allow us to have a Sabbath in which we restore our relationship with the Creator and our sense for the world the way it is meant to, to be. It is the, the resetting of a compass towards true north. You and I are made to be in an uninterrupted relationship with the Father. We have broken that by sin and a rejection of God's will. And so God has built into our design and commanded us to keep a day in which we restore that relationship and remember how things were meant to be. This commandment is not one that we can lightly skip over, nor can we replace it with weekend. Um, and here, pay attention to this, because this is a significant cultural movement going on that is, that is failing to miss our design and failing to miss the commandment. There is an, an international movement right now towards a three-day weekend and a four-day work week. And you've probably read about this in the, high, uh, in the headlines. Companies are trying it. Even countries are trying it. And the question they're all asking is, if we go to a four-day work week instead of a five-day work week, can we be equally as productive? Can we produce just as much in four days as we could in five days? And that is, again, a great Roman question. That's the question the Romans were asking. Are you still going to be productive if we give you the time off? That's not a faithful question. And I guarantee you it will not work. Because a three-day weekend is not going to give us more rest. It's going to give us more restlessness. And we are going to fill it with side projects and more work to make more money and more uh, strenuous physical recreational activities. And we're still going to hate work on Mondays. It's not going to restore us because it is not Sabbath. It's taking the battery out of one tool and plugging it in another tool so the battery never gets recharged. And that is why God says, I command you to take a day off from your work in which you focus on me. And it is absolutely a reward, but I'm commanding you to receive this reward. Take a day for worship and for prayer and for taking naps and for eating good food, and for not working at all, and for not going out and exhausting yourself with tiresome play. Take a day for rest and worship. It's how I made you. You're not going to find peace in a three-day weekend, just like you don't find peace in a two-day weekend. You're not going to be equally as productive in four days as you were in five and justify it. Sabbath is that act of saying God can do more in six of my days than I can do in seven. So I'm going to surrender my schedule to God and let him define who I am. I am more than I produce. I am a child of the kingdom and nothing is more important than that. So God modeled Sabbath, designed us for Sabbath, and then he commands Sabbath. And then thirdly, he promises Sabbath. Jesus says, come to me, 
all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew chapter 11. Remember that the problem with work was that when Adam and Eve rejected God's design, when they rejected God's will, the the punishment was not work itself. The punishment was that the ground would no longer cooperate with the worker. Relationships would no longer come naturally. They would be be stressed and exhausted. The, The interruption was that we were no longer connected to the God who wanted to provide for us, and providing for ourselves is even harder. And remember, Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do no good thing. And branches don't work very hard. They just receive nutrients from the vine. The vine provides for them, and they grow naturally because they are connected to the vine. And that's what Jesus wants for us that instead of stressing and straining to produce things by our own effort, that instead we would be connected with him and let him nourish us and provide for us and take care of us. And Jesus says, and this is his words, if you do this, if you trust me and commit yourself to my kingdom, it will be, quote, easy. If I spend my life by my own efforts, trying to accumulate stuff and impress other people, that's going to be hard because I am not dedicated to kingdom work. But if I surrender my pursuit of stuff, my pursuit of wealth, my pursuit of fame and attention, and say what I want to live for is to spread Jesus' love on the earth, to live for his kingdom, that will, Jesus says in a word he promises, that will be easy. He will provide for that mission. And there's nothing better than that. This is the call of God, that we would recognize that that we are made for rest, that we're commanded to rest, and that we are promised rest. I remember when I first heard a sermon on Sabbath keeping, and I think it was when I was in college, because I remember having a very distinct thought, I'm going to take a day off once a week from doing homework, and if I fail my classes, it's God's fault. This is amazing. This is exactly what I want. Uh, And I started taking a Sabbath day, and I didn't fail any of my classes. And um, the people around me began to notice it, because on the Sabbath day, I'd go to church, I would rest, I'd go walking in the Berkeley Hills, I'd eat good food, I'd take naps. And one of my secular housemates at one point, one of my housemates who was not a Christian said to me, uh, I see you're taking your hedonism day every week. And that's what he called it. I see you're taking your hedonism day every week. And that's not a bad secular description of the Sabbath. If, you don't, if you're not religious, if you don't know what a Sabbath is, that's not a bad description of it. It is a day of reckless enjoyment of the God who made you and it should absolutely make you happy. It is designed to make you happy. It is designed to fulfill you, and you are designed for it. As I entered the work world, I continued to keep a Sabbath day when I was a young pastor, and I realized there's, there's not necessarily a lot of uh, understanding of what pastors do. Uh, some, of, some people have, have wondered, do you work on any day other than Sunday because that's the only time I see you? Uh, and I remember once a teenager blurting out, wait a minute, you get paid for this? And yet, 75% of pastors burn out and leave the ministry and go do something else before their retirement. So we're apparently doing something with our time. 
So early on in ministry, I began taking a Sabbath day. Now, that's not Sunday for me. I have a gig. Uh, but I pick a day during the week. Often it's Friday. And I'll take a day off in which I don't work. And on those days, I worship. And I pray. I listen to sermons. I go for walks. I take naps. I eat good food. In my younger years, those days really were hedonism days. But as I've grown and matured, the Sabbath day has changed for me. And the Sabbath day for me now is primarily a day-long retreat with Jesus. And the primary thing that I do on the Sabbath day is talk to Jesus. And I don't do it as duty or obligation. I do it, it is because it is the most fulfilling thing in my life. If I, if I am filled with self-doubt, I ask Jesus on the Sabbath day to remind me who I am. Uh, if I have failed that week, I ask him for his grace. If I need to get away and just rest, I ask him which beach he wants to go to with me. And I try to make the Sabbath day a day-long conversation with Jesus. And it is the most fulfilling thing I do on any day of the week. It's what I was designed for. I was made to be with him, to walk through every day with him, to live in conversation with him. And Jesus wants to be in conversation with us. He's waiting to talk to us every day. He invites us into that conversation, and, and he wants to be heard. Sabbath is the gateway to life with Jesus because it, it marks off a day in which we are going to focus on him and listen to him. It, it is a reminder that our identity does not consist in what we accomplish. It consists in the fact that we are children of the kingdom. Uh, Abraham Heschel, again, um, pulled up a, an, an old parable from a medieval rabbi to describe what the Sabbath day does to us. He says it gives us rest in both body and soul. It's like a, a prince who disguises himself as a pauper to go and live among his people uh, in the kingdom. And he lives with them for a season and makes friends with them and enjoys them, but eventually he's recalled to the castle. And as he makes plans to go back to his princely duties, he decides to throw a great lavish party for all of his new friends before he leaves. So he throws a, a beautiful party filled with food and wine and a, a good afternoon together, uh, and they enjoy this party. He says the, the people of the village that he lived in enjoy the party because they have food and drink for a day. The prince enjoys the party because he knows he's going home. On the Sabbath day, our bodies enjoy rest for a day because they have food and sleep. Our souls enjoy the Sabbath day because they know we're going home. The Sabbath is a reminder that this world is not our home, that we're called to a place of perfect peace that will be fulfilled in the end. In the meantime, we are to live in a cycle of work and rest and work and rest. So at least on that one day a week, 
we get to hear Jesus' voice in our ears say, I made you. I love you. You belong to me. And that is the right way to rest. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for calling us to rest, for promising us rest, for telling us that we have to rest. Jesus, bless everybody who's listening with that kind of rest this week. Give us the space and the duty to honor your Sabbath day. And as we do so, we invite you in. We invite your Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts and into our lives that we might hear you and follow you and know you more. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.